That's Mike. That's Toya. And this, this is, is Tech, Tech Beats and Bites. Toya, 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 how are you doing today? <laughs> I am fantastic. I'm back from San Francisco. I got to see Facebook City because y'all is a city. When I say y'all, Facebook is its own city. It's its own city. How was but I'm good. It was, it was so awe-inspiring to think that Facebook started out in somebody's dorm room and now it's mm. a city in San Francisco, a.k.a. Menlo Park. I know there's other, like, startups and stuff that are in Menlo Park, but literally, really. <laughs> it's Facebook. It's, it's Facebook. It's other people that are part of Facebook world that's in Facebook. It, right. People riding on their bikes, going from building to building. The building is that far apart? That you, so it's like a campus, or is it like a Dude, city? it's a city. It's streets and stop traffic lights, and wow. it's really expansive. And it's just, I remember we were driving into it, and I was like, this feels like downtown Disney, like the colors, and <laughs> it's just, ah. And what was surprising, too, we talk about diversity in tech all the time, but I really did feel like I saw a lot of people of color okay. while I was there. And granted, I may not have been in the area where like a lot of the developers are, so that particular space may look a little bit different. I don't know the building where we were, what sort of employees were in that building. Mm -hmm. But I saw women of color, people of color, and I'm not just saying, talking about black people, I mean like the spectrum, right? So it was it was interesting. It was completely different. You so felt love, you, people you, looked okay, happy. I was about to say, so you, it felt inclusive? It felt inclusive. People looked happy. They have restaurants on their camp. They got a barbecue pit. I mean, aren't you kind of happy when you're in? Because you're in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Like when I you, guess. When you're in the club, you don't. Right. You'd be like, club. oh, <laughs> I'm behind the velvet ropes. Ooh, ooh, sorry for y'all on the outside. Maybe that is it. I don't know. But I had a whole different experience. I was like, yes, come on, Facebook. It is possible. So you drank the juice. I did. I drank the Kool-Aid, <laughs> you, you all into the... I drank the Kool-Aid. It ain't Kool-Aid. It's juice. <laughs> <laughs> but they doing some cool stuff. We got to meet um, a young lady by the name of Irene who is heading up their Level Up program, which was started by people of color within Facebook who are starting to do outreach programs across the nation to help small businesses level up mm. on Facebook. So they're getting some good stuff coming. They're actually going to be here in Miami in December. So definitely stay tuned for that because we're already trying to do some connections for that one. So, oh, so you juicy, juicy. Listen. <laughs> you all in. We was working that room. <laughs> Me and Danny Spike, shout out to Beloved Box. Cosmology and Beloved Box was in there. So you figured out how to get our stuff from being blocked? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> what did you well, we got some connections now to talk about some tech so Facebook, stuff. Facebook, we need to make sure we get streamed all the right, way through. Right, right. Give us some access, y'all. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. I wanted to start off the conversation there. So you had a good time. I had a really good time. Shout out to Arian from Beta Alpha Plant Fam. You, of course, a Delta, for doing great things and for bringing women together in a beautiful space. And um, also our girl, uh, Empower Her. Yes. Won the pitch competition. Yes, congrats to her. Congrats so, to her. Uh, that's all love. That's good. Yeah. Good way to start off on a positive note because it's a whole I already bunch heard. Of right. I'm just letting y'all know the shirt that I'm wearing today has a meaning. If you have to walk away or if you're at work, which most of our friends, we know y'all are at work, mm -hmm. I'm just telling you now come back towards the end. I got, I got a story to tell. The crew don't know about it. Nobody knows about so the story. So don't One person knows, well, six people know about the story. <laughs> it's just, I'm just telling you. He's so, keeping it under wraps until the end. I so just you want everybody gotta to stay see their face. I want, I want to see y'all face. So, oh, Lord. Let's get in so we can get to <laughs> You excited about the story? <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to hear. Because I'm sure you'd have been trolled by somebody. 
It's, it's, it's not even that. That's okay, okay, okay. But primarily better. Uh, Amazon broke ground on Tuesday for a $1.4 billion air hub in Kentucky that will allow it to control its shipping, pretty much getting rid of UPS, FedEx, and the U.S. Postal Service. So Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, by the way, so it's not Cincinnati, Ohio. But in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, International Airport was originally announced in 2017 and scheduled to open in 2021. So 50 aircraft will operate out of there, 2,000 employees. And according to Amazon, this hub is going to let packages get to customers faster. So basically Amazon, Amazon trying to get the packages to you in one day. So Prime is about to become a one day thing. So while all this is good news and we're not really doing this to just amp them up, I don't understand why people are still talking about retail stores if this is where Amazon is going. What is the point of retail at this point, Toya? I'm, I'm confused. They're about to build their own postal system, mm-hmm. which means it's going to be straight from the warehouse directly to a plane. Why are we still having retail conversations? Right. So for me, retail still possibly has a space if it becomes smarter. If retail becomes... Right, for small companies too to have a footprint, pop-up shops, all that good stuff. But I think retail still has a space if it becomes an experience and if it becomes smarter. So integrating more tech, having some AI in the store that could help you sort of navigate, try things on. I think that retail needs to level up as we've seen even with movie theaters, right? You see the plush seating and the waiters. First of all, we saw the thing with the new movie theater that got pretty much twin beds in there. That's just going to be a bad idea. <laughs> That's a whole other, listen. <laughs> That's just gonna you, be a bad who going to want to sleep on that bed after the first use? <laughs> Nobody. Not sleep on it, sit on it. Who going to want to sit on that bed after the first use? changing the sheets at this Right. Point? Okay, so you're saying, so we're talking about experiential marketing. Yes. Okay. Right, so bringing some tech into it, making it smarter. But what I want to say, too, because... Facebook into it, that's what you Yeah, you know. <laughs> I can't believe Instagram. they got you. They got you in one visit. Listen, you, it's like Disneyland. You be like... What? One visit where and you is, are Where's the Facebook check mark walking around like we Mickey Mouse? Like at them like two weeks ago for not... Listen, I'm still pissed because I can't sit there and product tag on my cosmology Instagram page for some reason. But outside of that, outside of that, no, I think there's still work for them to do. I'm just saying, once you're there, you kind of like get a different perspective from being on the outside in. Anyway, whatever. So no, but I want to say is that Jeff Bezos is in his own (laughs) game of Game of Thrones because he is... (laughs) He is like, thank you, I got that industry. Thank you, yeah. I got that one. He is playing a game of Monopoly, y'all, like y'all have never seen. He playing Monopoly. And people need life. to wake up and pay attention because <laughs> they are changing so much and owning so much. It's, you know, you have so recently, going back to the whole Facebook thing, and we'll probably talk about so it later maybe too. he's actually building his thing for the moon so he can ship stuff to the moon when we find All of that. All of that. All of it is I a beautiful it, web of like stuff just working together and then, you know, it's a whole, it's a stacked approach. He's stacking them chips like y'all have never said seen. said I can get you your package in the moon. Oh, y'all are Listen, it's going to be amazing. I'm, right. I'm interested to see what, how it all comes together when it So does. in other words, what we're saying to people is if you're in the retail space or you're doing any kind of marketing, you need to start rethinking it because yeah. pretty much Amazon is about to become life. Don't they own well, almost, now too? It almost is life. It yeah. Is. Yeah, for those who have Amazon Prime, you get a discount. Just Whole remember Foods. packages, guys. We're talking about packages. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You get a discount. Like that. You get a discount. Hey, get your drink. Let's toast up. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking today? This is our IPA. Oh, so we're doing our IPA. Cheers. 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 All right, so 
Oh, this one good too. Very nice. Very smooth. The coloring on this. Mr. Beer Tender. Look at the color. The color is amazing. All right. So power couple thinks thinks different. Um, we all know that Beyonce is brilliant to a degree. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, the beehive gonna come for you. That beehive is serious. But check this out. This is why I always tell people power couples matter. Because I'm assuming somebody had to sit down and have this conversation together, collective conversation. So in 2015, Beyonce made one of the most strategic moves she's probably ever made. One of them. Not all of them, but one of the most strategic moves. She was offered $6 million to perform for a corporate Uber event in Las Vegas. But instead of taking the cash, because of course she don't need $6 million, she got money, she asked to be paid in equity. Mm-hmm. And that $6 million has turned into $300 million. Level up. $300 million for a performance. And I'm going to say she probably did six, seven songs. <laughs> Listen, she was probably up there working it. Like, I got equity, y'all. Let's just say she did 10 songs. That's $3 million a song. <laughs> so, if you've been hiding under a rock, rock and you're not aware, uh, Uber went public. So, now they're on the New York Stock Exchange. Yep. And their IPO was $8.1 billion. Yep. Now, this is going to jump down. But speaking of Uber... Got a lot of things that's going on with Uber, so I got to go down to this part. Mm-hmm. Uber now is doing Uber Black. Uber Black is now doing Uber Silence. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I have the story. I just remember. So anyway, <laughs> you can now get into your Uber uh-huh. and request a silent mode when you're in your Uber Black and basically say if you're open for chat and conversation or to say that you're not really open for chat and conversation. Uber Black has also extended its services to a true waiting service, so they sit and wait 15 minutes before they cancel on you. Um, so it's kind of, you know, like when you only get picked up from the airport. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at all this, and then it ties into something else and going right into our next story. So we're going to have a whole bunch it's gonna of It's going to come around. Right. Now you have the Valley Exchange that's getting ready to happen. Okay. The government has approved for LTSE. LTSE is long-term stock exchange. So that's going to be a trading platform that allows Silicon Valley companies and their names to basically have their own stock exchange. So I'm wondering if the Valley exchange is coming, should Uber have held out and wait for the LTSE to come or was it the right time for them to go public? Uh, Uber was probably like, we want to get into what's popping right now. So we could raise these funds because I'm sure that they'll, they may be able to get on to the LTSE. Mm-hmm. Right. So going with the old traditional NYSE, it was probably a good way to try to test it out. And then, too, that may be a good segue for them to then help to sort of spur interest in LTSE. Mm. I'm sure it's a play. So they were given a go ahead by the Security Exchange Commission's today, which was yesterday, to become a national stock exchange which will allow them to to conduct listings and operate as a venue for buying and selling shares. So now we have the opportunity to buy into tech-based companies that have a long-term investment opportunity. And Reese, uh, the guy that wrote The Lean Startup, Mm -hmm. he's actually the one that's over this whole LTSE. And the funny thing is, if you actually read A Lean Startup, he was talking about LTSE as one of his concepts in the book itself. So he kind of manifested this whole idea 
a long time ago when he wrote the book The Lean Startup. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's pretty dynamic. So I'm wondering what do we need to figure out and what do we need to build so we can get on to LTSC? <laughs> get on the stock exchange? Listen, all you got to do, and if you're ever curious about what to invest in, just drive down the highway in San Francisco. You'll see all of the tech company logos in the buildings. It is a completely different experience. Listen, you'll Tori, be we like, need to talk. Are you going to leave us? Because you sound, <laughs> Listen, you sound Cali so, sold. Just, I've, right. So San Francisco has always I'm been. Feel, <laughs> no, I'm starting to feel no. attachment issues. No. I'm starting to feel like you might. But I've always said if I was going to live in a city in Cali, it would be San Francisco because it's very New Yorkish. Um, but it's just, it gives you a whole different perspective. So with this sort of coming out of mm-hmm. San Francisco, where all the tech say, you companies are. Party, you about to let us know you leave. <laughs> Look, Facebook, we need some studio space so we can come <laughs> over there and film a couple of shows because y'all have sold my host on just leaving Florida. She about no. to be in her whole legacy and move to San Francisco. Not at all. Not at all. All I'm saying is, though, <laughs> if you need some inspiration, that's where to go because if you're thinking about it, now, LTSE. Now we going... <laughs> Now we're going to San Francisco for inspiration. We ain't going to New Listen, York. Listen, right. Reese is a San Francisco entrepreneur and author of The Lean Startup. He is in the mix, is my point. Sometimes, you know, it's good to sort of be in the mix and get inspired. That's where it's popping out of. You, you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. You have changed. Listen, pay attention. You was different now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this is beyond me. I am baffled. <laughs> On second thought, <laughs> um, so I don't know if you ever heard of the company Second Thought, the one that does the undo software, which is only based on a Android platform because Apple would never allow you to <laughs> control. So Second Thought has a platform where you can send a text message on a time frame. So I, I really think this was kind of a good idea, but I'm thinking if you're drunk, do you still remember to set the timer? I'm not sure how this works, but anyways... It probably doesn't work just like that Google email recall that you be trying to recall the email. You'd be like, oh, it came back, but the person got it anyway. But for yeah. Miss uh, Macy Peterson, which we're cheering for, they actually have something that I do believe in. They're rethinking their software and their technology, and they're making an own second thought platform for your financial transactions. Oh. You can reconsider the money you're sending to somebody and take that money back because of the blunder. So... Peterson said the company is branching out to other parts of Africa and Europe, and Second Thought Next goal is to be a standard feature in every peer-to-peer payments platform in mm-hmm. those regions. So uh, she is the founder of Second Thought, and she came up with a platform because she had the idea when she sent a message to a boyfriend, Uh-oh. an ex-boyfriend, and it said, lately I've been missing your calls, but calls was not calls. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all dun, 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 dun. I don't think that was deep enough to have to make a whole app because of it I guess yeah she probably was, she she probably wrote some other stuff and she just didn't disclose it. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it was a lot. That more wasn't it. That, it was it was more than that. It message. wasn't just calls and balls that made you invent For that sure. whole app. I'm sure you mm-hmm. said a lot more than that. For sure. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just wondering now how many people are gonna say, Oh yeah, I vemoed it to you and then it's gonna show up. And then you're going to wake up the next day and it's going to say this person right. has retracted bum, their payment. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know if this is going to work out. You're going to have some people getting killed. Um, <clears throat> then they need to add the prices right. Bump, 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 Music to it when you go in. And you're like, oh, wait, I oh, thought yeah, I had that. It. Don't worry. I'll cash it. up you when I get home. Right. Well, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> that's a whole lot of, that's a lot of tease. That's money teasing. 
Hey, it's a good idea. Maybe for people that have a spending problem on like right people need to like freeze their yeah. credit cards and they need to rethink it like do i really want to buy this right now but don't be doing this with peer-to-peer exchange because what yeah. i don't want to do is have toy and be like oh i sent it to you and i see it on my phone and then 15 minutes later bum, it's bum, like, bum. wait what happened toy i thought you i did <laughs> i did i don't know Not what so happened much. yeah I can see if it's almost like a mistake. So when you accidentally send it to somebody, like let's say you, you get a service done, owe me money. no, but like let's say you get a service done, right? Because a lot of like nail shops and beauty beauty stores or whatever they're doing this where you can like tip via cash app. Oh, what? So you could like you may tip the wrong person because like let's say like the there's a misspelling or whatever and you send it to the wrong nail tech and you're like oh wait I didn't mean to send you that five dollars I meant to send it to Susie over here so that could be a really good sort of like use to like recall the money and send it to the right person but hmm. yeah not for money teasing like oh girl I'm gonna send you that hundred dollars no no that's interesting so y'all tipping through cash app. yeah where I get my eyebrows threaded I tip through cash app you get your eyebrows no I thought that was natural uh right <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, though. <laughs> so the streaming wars have been revisited. I'm almost tired of talking about this, but it matters because of Disney, Hulu, and Marvel comics. For us Marvel people, this really matters. Mm-hmm. But Comcast agreed to sell. Uh, Comcast has agreed to sell its ownership stake in Hulu to Disney. What? So Directv now. I will make this publicly. We are breaking up. <laughs> I am going with Hulu Live. I am definitely leaving Directv. First of all, y'all cost too much at $55, <clears throat> and y'all ain't got no kind of benefits. I am now giving my money to Hulu. Really? So have you watched those YouTube uh, videos that do the cost comparison? Yeah. Because Hulu Live isn't cheap. It's $44. But then when you add all the other add-ons. What other add-ons? Like for like actual, like, so there's this, you, I forgot which one. You got more humans in your house than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> you, you got, you, Taco need his own string. <laughs> Kevin Needis, you got a whole different life than I do. I mean, I guess. I was just saying. I thought it would be like an easy cord cutting decision, but we haven't cut the cord yet just because doing the whole cost I mean, comparison. I do basic Comcast. Yeah, we have basic. Um, I do basic Comcast U-verse. and I get the uh, premier cha- premium channels to them. But mm-hmm. for the like CNN, ESPN and stuff, it's better for me to just have Hulu Live. But DirecTV now is like $60. I, I knew what it was. So Hulu Live doesn't have Viacom. So to get Viacom channels, you have to add this other app that you got to pay for. And then it's all this other stuff that you have to layer on top to get kind of back to where so, you were with basic. So Nickelodeon is important to me for okay. obvious reasons. I was about to say. Because <laughs> you know I was about to say, what ratchet channels you watching on Viacom that you need? But no. yeah, for the kids stuff. Yeah, Nickelodeon is important. So yeah. yeah, but anyway, go ahead. You so you gonna cut the cord? Right. So once upon a time, Hulu was a joint venture between Disney, 21st Century Fox, Comcast, NBC Universal, and Time Warner. Now Warner Media. Um, none of those companies had majority control, but now Disney Hulu will pretty much become a Disney product. And pretty much, I'm going with it because I want to watch all the Marvel stuff that they're gonna be streaming. Um, so these streaming companies are going on. So I I really think the battle is gonna become something, but. Let's just say, for example, Warner Media and Netflix reached an agreement to keep Friends on Netflix this year, but Warner Media reserved the right to put the show on its own forthcoming streaming service. I don't really know who's still watching Friends. I didn't even like the show when it was really the thing. Yeah. But AT&T CEO Randall Stevenson recently announced that the company is going to pull content in his license elsewhere and bring that back into the fold. 
Comcast has an agreement with Hulu to extend the services license of NBC Universal content through late 2024, but NBC Universal can end most of its agreements with Hulu in three years, and in one year, NBC will have the right to carry some of the content it currently licenses to Hulu on its own streaming service in return for reducing fees Hulu pays for the hosted content. Now, just considering the power of content influence, Disney is just winning. I just want to put that out there. Disney has won. Disney played all y'all. They they made this work. But what I'm worried about is one company having that much control over a lot of content. Mm-hmm. As we know recently, which I still don't understand how <clears throat> Rupert Murdoch with Fox News and then Fox was the home of Martin and in living color. Yeah, I've never understood that. I never understood those dynamics mm-hmm. of the far right and then the this, urban the urban side that Yeah. I mean, but TV. I guess money don't money is green. But how is this going to work for the basis of influence with Disney having that much control? I feel like we're going to have a problem with independent content. Granted, we have these other platforms like us streaming right now, but yeah. how does this other content start playing into it? How do you keep a balance? What's the check and balance for what's about to happen? I guess is my question. Right. And you probably end up seeing the same conversation that's starting to happen with Facebook, going back to that, about Facebook needing to be broken up to you know when you think about it so if everybody's trying I'm to sure pull content back Facebook need to be broken <laughs> no i think that it's a valid point for those who haven't read the article the op-ed and new york times you definitely check it out but um you know i think it'll be interesting to sort of see how especially if everyone's trying to pull their content off of netflix because netflix made streaming popular i think you'll just start to see netflix originals just Netflix originals are already pretty good, so you'll just start to see a lot more of that. We know that Netflix is assigned to create original content with a lot of great people. So if people who create content like Marvel and everything else, they're like, uh, uh, we don't want you on there, we're gonna do our own streaming service, then too, what you may see is that prices may start to kind of like go down and level out and there may just sort of be, because at the end of the day, if everyone has their own, then you're gonna have to like buy multiple services to kind of get the full spectrum of what you want to watch. So it'll almost become like an a la carte, like Chinese menu. Like, okay, I want this one, I want that one. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what what it ends up looking like and how users have to navigate that space. And it, too, it may help a lot of companies see that, oh, your content ain't that good because nobody wants you. Like, I was like, who, what is AT&T producing? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Who, what content they got? I mean, I don't know. You know, a lot of companies own stuff behind the scenes, but. No, I don't think AT&T own nothing but bad service. <laughs> <laughs> Bad service and horrible logo. Um, so I don't know what AT&T is doing, but I do believe the competition is going to be on a whole different level. So I'm I'm looking forward to some change there. But uh, Disney, don't disappoint us. Just that's all we can ask for, because clearly y'all are winning on a whole nother level. Um, anything else with that? No, I think that's just another Game of Thrones <laughs> space. Everybody like we want the Iron Throne. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, so who is HBO under then? I don't know. Because y'all got the Little three spinoffs company. of Game of Thrones that's coming off. Yeah. They gonna milk that thing. Listen. Trash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Apple goes to court. Uh, Mr. Screamy Face, Brett, actually sided with the liberals. I don't think any of us saw that coming in, but in a five to four decision, the U.S. Supreme Court allowed an antitrust class action against Apple to proceed. The class action focuses on the fees Apple takes on sales of its app store. So Apple is pretty much pimping. You, whatever you charge, 
<laughs> Apple is taking 30%. Not only is Apple taking 30%, and I'm just breaking this down for some of the novices out there that don't understand why this is an issue. Not only does Apple take the 30%, you can only sell, distribute, and put your apps out through the Apple store. Yep. And it has to be reviewed. Totally That's like a seven to What's 14 day process. Pause, y'all. We got a sound check. Hmm? Hold on, y'all. Hold on, world. That's not you. Oh, okay. I just want to double check. Okay. Is that better? No, oh, hold on. How about I do this? Little little whole music. Do, 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 my bad, do, my bad. Do. So it's from me talking over the mic. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, so now that they have the thirty percent commission, you can't do it from anywhere. So they kind of have a whole monopoly over everything. So, and although it's saying Apple charges up to a thirty percent commission, I've seen nothing but a thirty percent commission on Apple. So. They're selling the apps that's where it plays a role in getting prices. So imagine if I knew I could sell my stuff 30% cheaper, it would, or maybe I could go down to 10% or I don't have a markup in anywhere because I'm selling it directly from my own website or people can download it in other places. It would have a larger opportunity for me to have a market share. So app makers say the fee and other prices are unfair. The lawsuit is in its early stages and will need to under, overcome many more legal hurdles, but it's still a big decision just to have the opportunity to sue Apple. So this is the most direct challenge that Apple has ever faced dealing with anything in their app store. How do you think they're taking it? <laughs> <laughs> right. They're probably like, ooh, they got us. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens after the case. Especially because this is in a Supreme Court case, like it's that's pretty major. That's pretty major. So why we are also taking notes of this is because you got to think now this might start happening to Facebook because you have to start thinking about the accessibility as Toya has clearly pointed <laughs> it out to us to a whole city of human beings that we don't have that kind of contact with. So a notable fact. Uh, that Trump's appointees were split. So, you wait, had, what happened? Trump was split. What you yeah, said? So Justice Kavanaugh. Okay. And then uh, got uh, Justice Gorsuch. Mm-hmm. Those are the two people that Trump appointed. Gotcha. One voted for it and one voted against it. Mm. So a majority opinion, which was signed by the court, which was the the majority opinion, was a more liberal opinion, and that's the one screaming Kavanaugh, the one that said he didn't touch that lady mm-hmm. he was the one i gotta break it down yeah go ahead <laughs> that's what people gonna remember you know the face um so he voted with them so the questions i do have though are the security issues of apple going mm-hmm. to become compromised if they allow people to come in and not have to go through the same screening that Apple was taking them through before. So I'm sure because having worked on an Apple account before at an ad agency, they are extremely protective when it comes to their software and they are extremely protective of their IP. So even I'm sure they will still maintain some level of control because that's what kind of makes Apple great Mm -hmm. 
is the security of everything. Everything connects really well. Everything works together, and you really don't worry. You don't worry about viruses. You don't worry about any of that stuff because the SDK is tight. The the IP is tight. Everything right. is controlled, and there's not a lot of outside developers unless you are allowed in, and you still have to work within their framework to create for Apple. So I'm sure that they'll still try to maintain that level of control regardless of what the decision is because that's what makes them unique. That's what makes them have an edge over PCs because everybody can develop for PCs and that's why they kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, from uh, AP Daniel, it seems that being able to have this trial and being able to go back to trial court, this is opening up a whole new opportunity. So... Apple, good luck. Um, but maybe y'all should have considered this a long time ago before it became a Supreme Justice situation. <laughs> right, should have tried to settle. But just them terms. I do like the fact that it's going to increase the market share and opportunities for app developers. Yeah. Because I do feel, I mean, how do we know that they're not just letting people in just because they don't want to? So what happens if I come out with an app that's competitive to your app or something that might be developed itself within um, Apple? But I feel like I don't think it's that tight because, again, coming from the ad agency world, doing developing apps that we put up on the store. Um, again, I never was the one who applied to get the app developer uh, access, but I don't think it's to that degree to where there's like discrimination hidden within it. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I, I I do believe the aspects of the security that you mentioned, those are all great things. But if that's bought up by Apple, they still need to have a, a great level of justification for the need of the control. Because it seems like they almost have to be able to show that they've had security compromises, which they haven't. Right, but that's, that proves the point. Us versus PC. Look at <laughs> they need Norton and everything else. We don't have those issues. But would it but so but what about this then? I'm sorry, guys. This is a deeper dive for us. <laughs> so wouldn't it be different then if I can still upload it on my own platform or and you still have to do your regular check and testing on it? Or will it be simply easier if Apple just lowers the commission fees? Like at this point, will app if you're making as much money, this is this is what I'm thinking. You have billions of dollars in cash. Your mm -hmm. company is very lucrative. Is it worth the integrity and security of your company to try to hold tight to that 30% and then people don't want to go through the test and they want to bypass your security primarily because of the money? I don't think any app developer doesn't like the security that comes with Apple or the rigorous testing that goes with it, but does it become a problem? Is it worth it sacrificing it or should Apple just come back? come to a compromise with developers and just go ahead and lower the commission fees absolutely negotiate <laughs> negotiate don't kill what makes your whole ecosystem what of technology is. great because you're trying to hold on to some percentage you make money listen when you buy a macbook you gotta buy a whole bunch of other accessories they are the kings of Buy yeah. this too in order to make everything work together. So they do commodity stuff anyway. Because like that's I really they... don't need a magic mouse, but I feel uncomfortable <laughs> having Listen, a regular mouse with an Apple. I feel like you I need, need all kind of add on ports and stuff to make everything work. But you still going to do it. Right. Because you want, you're in the ecosystem. Like for me to sit there and go get a Samsung, like that'll be disrupting my whole tech ecosystem. 
<laughs> like all of my devices work together. That's why I have Macs. I have an iPhone and I have an iPad. Hmm. All right. Well, let's see what happens. I don't think you want to compromise your integrity, no. Apple, for a little bit of money. No, let them present. Because let if it go. now you start having viruses and other stuff, you become PC like. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in the case to be an Apple consumer, kind of falls short. So, um, I don't know how far we're going to go into this, but Airbnb mm -hmm. now has a diversity and belonging. What? Yeah. I just Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I, I get what y'all are trying to do, but to me, you're already starting off on the wrong foot. First of all, diversity and inclusion is fine. But anyways, Melissa C. Thomas Hunt is the new head of global diversity and belonging. I can't get into the story. I, I'm stuck. <laughs> what you you stuck on belonging? So now we're trying to justify that people of color belong. Well, especially I, considering some of the Airbnb situations where people have been like discriminated against because of the color of their skin, and then the homeowners are like, "Ah, we don't want you here." Yeah, they may need a sense of belonging for all of their Airbnb suppliers but if you have that much of a problem i don't know if this is the proper name for it i don't know if i would want to be the chief diversity officer of belonging <laughs> yeah but i think what they're trying to do too is add a little bit of hospitality on it yeah they failed so <laughs> so they want to put the pineapple out the pineapple is a universal symbol of hospitality it's also the universal symbol of swingers down in key west so you can take that pineapple however you want to. um so thomas hunt comes with some great credentials uh she went to vanderbilt university university of virginia um she helped both of the institutions build out their diversity program she was the chief diversity officer at UVA's Darden School of Business, uh, vice provost of inclusive, ex excellent at Vanderbilt. Um, so she's done a lot. So she will oversee in a, internal diversity, inclusion, equity, and belong belonging programs for Airbnb's 5,000 employees. I don't think the inclusion part is actually a problem with the employees. Whole nother conversation. Uh, but right now, this is this is where I still have the problem. The workforce is 44% women in 2018, um, which was only a 2% increase from 2017. But the black and Latino workforce is 3.5%. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> why she feels deeply about the mission and the purpose of people belonging in other people's houses which is still debatable I mean I personally I, I personally have a conflict with this because even though I'm using this platform and this is where sometimes to me inclusion and diversity inclusion may not always work out and I'm going to tell you why mm. If you dislike people of color or gay people and it's your property, I understand that you're being subjective to being open when you're using somebody else's platform to make money. Right. But it's still their house and their hate. Like, 
it still makes it unsafe. So you're saying that they should have I'm a racist icon I on think their so. property? <laughs> I believe you should just be able to identify that you're a hateful person and just be removed from the platform. Like maybe there should be a test. <laughs> have a screening you, process. Have you went to a barbecue uninvited? <laughs> have you ever picked up food? from a corner store that didn't have a sign and no gas. Like there's just certain things you should go through to prove that you're not a racist. But building a diverse and inclusive team around the world makes sense, but I don't feel they're anywhere close to it if that percentage is only 3.5%. Right. And so one of the things that she'll oversee is internal diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging programs. I'm interested to see what those belonging programs look like. And how, like, are they supposed to help the homeowners be more, like, tolerant? Hate that word. That's why I did the air quotes. Like, how does that work? So how do you kind of, are you trying to help reform people? Maybe they should do, like, a secret shopper program where you don't know it's a black person that works for Airbnb Mm -hmm. that's staying at somebody's place to see how they get treated. Yeah, no, they should definitely do some of that. I mean, that'll help them do a lot of in-the-field fact-finding to really sort of test and see, just like um, Undercover Boss. Like, you, they need to get out, and, and they may do it already, get out and kind of see the consumer perspective, especially for places that have been flagged or places that have received complaints. Like, get in there and kind of see how that works. And then there needs to be some sort of a way to flag people. Like, you know, because the idea of belonging feels very warm, ish right because it's almost like you belong here come i know what we did in the past but you really do you belong here. okay so you said the pineapple so this is what i'm thinking universal belonging would come with a couple of things cast iron skillet that still has some grease left over in it <laughs> multiple forms of seasoning vinegar lemon juice or something that clarifies that you actually clean your meat i think there should be certain things if you do not have hand towels and face towels or wash rags, however you want to put them words together, you're not ready to hold somebody a color. I've never used Airbnb, <laughs> keeping it real. I've never stayed in the Airbnb. I did it once. So I have no idea what the process is. I have no idea how you interact with an Airbnb owner. It's very owner. uncomfortable. Um, staying in somebody's house is that I don't know is still a little bit of a foreign space for me. I'm I don't like staying at people's house that I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and I know you have people who are huge Airbnbers. So, I feel like y'all should chime in, leave us a comment, let us know what you think <laughs> about this belonging program because y'all have more insight than I do. Listen. Yeah. So, so we gonna be we gonna <laughs> y'all move drop on. some comments below. So. This is for my designers in the world. And Michelle Bazin, uh, sorry you went through that. Michelle had a horrible... Michelle is a new upcoming designer. Mm-hmm. Um, we know her mother as Ingrid, um, the po- the poetry queen. Ingrid B? Yes, Ingrid B. Um, Michelle had a horrible experience with a client she's dealing with and learning how to be a designer. She got that make it pop, I hate it conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to laugh at your pain, sister, but we know what you're going through. But from what we understand, Adobe ain't going to let you be great either. Um, According to Petapixel, Adobe is saying using older versions of Creative Cloud apps could get you sued. What? This is out of control. 
First of all, Adobe, y'all have went too far. But hold up, didn't Apple buy out Adobe? Mm, they might. No, I don't think so. But no. <laughs> you can look that up. I think somebody bought Adobe. But Adobe is making a direct ploy to ensure that you buy the most up-to-date versions. And if you don't have the means, that's not their problem. Uh, it's one thing to be an industry standard, or it's another thing to be a bully. So basically, this chart states that people might need to look into their licenses agreement or uninstall that Adobe Cloud feature part that sends you those automatic updates and disconnect. Quit logging in and don't use their cloud. Because basically, you're going to be getting a letter from Adobe and state that even if you paid before, you have to update it. And if you don't update it, which they can look into your computer and if they have access to your cloud, which you're mm -hmm. signing into. They know your version. <laughs> they can basically, because that's how, how you think they keep sending you the thing that says updates are now available. Mm -hmm. So um, Adobe is now going to require people to update their services. <laughs> well, y'all better get y'all clients up. Look, y'all can afford them fees. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, I ain't paid those fees ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever. And I've been using Adobe since 1998. Y'all ain't getting my money. I'll, mm. I'll start drawing again. I'll become a high end. Those uh -oh, sketch pads. School. Yeah, I'll, I'll be going old school on them. <laughs> Man, this is out of control. Um, so Adobe isn't owned by Apple. Our legal team has confirmed that, but it is public. So maybe I need to go short some of these stocks because I have. <laughs> you I feel, have a feel the change is coming. <laughs> I feel the feel change is gonna come. <laughs> um, so moving right into it, uh, for all my great friends, as we get into some of our other, this is still tech, which is scary. So let's talk about yeah. cybersecurity. Um, don't worry, there's nothing to see here. Yesterday, the predecessor of, <laughs> of Skeletor. Shade begins. Because <laughs> we was waiting for him to do something stupid. Um, Ron DeSantis announced that two Florida counties were hacked in the 2016 elections. I'm going to take a wild guess and I'm going to assume these counties were probably Broward and Dade or Broward and Palm Beach. Mm. But if you've noted the consistency, Broward was always included in those two answers. Right. Well, we know all that trouble from last look, midterm election. Look. So DeSantis was briefed by the FBI on Friday and signed a non-disclosure agreement. So he can't even tell us who got hacked into Republicans, um, precluding him from revealing the names of the impacted counties. But all he knows is they experienced intrusion and, oh, I'm sorry, yes, yeah, successor, not predecessor. But yeah. either way old crazy white um so they say it has no effects on the florida vote totals so if we don't know which counties and we don't really have high-end cybersecurity, how are we inclined to know or to believe that no manip manipulation of this data occurred yeah so i believe that this is also tied into the whole russia conversation about Russia influencing and having a part in the elections. Um, so it's interesting because Ron DeSantis was like the mini Trump, right? When he was running, he was all into Trump. Meanwhile, Trump is the one talking about something. There's no collusion. No, Russia's not been involved. And you got DeSantis like, well, wait a minute. Uh-uh. 
They were kind of involved. There was some craziness going on here in Florida. Two counties. And Russia was a part of it. So, Toya, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked. And, by the way, this is not the exciting story for today's ignorance. This is just ignorance. <laughs> not today's ignorance. This is just ignorance. Toya, I have a question yes. to ask you. If Dante broke into your mother's house. Mm. Shame on Dante. Dante breaks into your mother's house, but you cannot prove... Dante, I'm just using this as an example because you're in the room. <laughs> but you can't prove what Dante stole or if he placed anything to continue to spy on your mother. Mm -hmm. What would you do to Dante? Um, I would still pursue him because he broke in the house. So I have Shame. a friend by the name of Logan Whitehead. And Logan said he would need to know why was Dante's reasons for breaking into the house. No. <laughs> he would need to know the proof if Dante actually broke into the house, even though there's already proof. Right, I was going to say. You and he would need to hear the full story before he protected his mother. Now, I'm going to explain to some of the good people out there and also to Logan why I use your mother's house as an example. The safety Wait, so of you, the you, one. You put it that way and then that was a response? Yes. Oh. The safety of your mother, the woman that birthed you, should be almost the same kind of passion Actually, it should be more than enough and more passion in this country that stole everything that it was built on. But the security of the woman that birthed you and you would still have to hear the whole story and question everything versus making sure you protected your mother. The reason why I use that example is because it's your mother. Listen, uh... it's, it's your mom. <laughs> this is our country. It's Russia. Russia is an intruder. They are not an ally. I don't understand why everybody is taking this situation so lightly. Russia is not on our side, period. That's right. They playing us like a fiddle. Yeah, y'all look all crazy over there. Meanwhile, this is what we sprinkling. What? So, yeah. So, you know, I feel like, obviously, he answered it that way because he was trying to make a point, not really giving a genuine answer, because he knows that good and well, if someone were to break into his house, it wouldn't matter what he's there for. It's a get the hell out, and I may shoot you on the way out. So stop it, because the whole stand your ground laws. Like, are you serious? It don't matter. It's your mama. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know, this is the difference between... <laughs> You ever did you pay attention? I don't know, you might. Do you watch? Did you watch the NFL draft? Uh, like bits and pieces or like highlights when we was watching ESPN. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you how I feel about this situation in a quick summary. Uh huh. There's a certain amount of players that as soon as they got on the stage, they thank God and they mama. There's another set of players that they were just happy to be there. <laughs> I'm gonna let you put that together. Move right along. <laughs> so HBCU and patents ended on a good level in tech. We would like to give a shout out that the HBCUs have seen a growth in intellectual property. That's Congratulations. Right, 30 different HBCUs on patent rights. Morehouse School of Medicine currently holds the most patents of any HBCU with a total of 63 of them, which have been granted between 2000 and 2019. That's right. Howard University and Florida Agricultural and Oh, they put technical university. I just somebody messed y'all up. They put Florida Agriculture and Technical University in the notes, but uh, <laughs> and mechanical. It's sorry, it's Florida Agriculture and Mechanical. Right, y'all need to do one letter makes a difference. But uh, 
HU owns 53 and Florida A&M owns 41 patents. So congratulations to the HBCU. Y'all better keep inventing. Follow them footsteps of our ancestors. Now all y'all got to invent is the way to get y'all financial aid on time so y'all don't come over to FSU and eat our lunch. <laughs> I'm just playing. It's a whole shame. Oh, that was backhanded. If you were, don't ever. say it wasn't true. That was an old school one, y'all. That's, a, that's a old, old joke. It was always a thing about them getting their checks on time. Yeah, it was. Dante always needed $20. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. Dante used to just go it's eat love, it. It's love. It's love. It's love to the hill. It's love to the hill. Oh, so. <laughs> moving on to our music and entertainment. So we all had the conversation. We're not going to do it on here about Aisha Curry needed attention, even though she just mentioned that she had a botched boob job. This woman, first of all, it was okay when she said what she said. Now she's talking that she ain't happy about the boob job. She's she's going through something else. But since Santana, uh, Santa don't want that kind of attention. So if you guys don't know, which we really don't care, but this is the Beats in the Purse, we bring up little things like this. Um... <laughs> To the Aisha Curry situation, Joe Budden has now left Sin. Sin is a beautiful girl. Sin was also a cheap date. If you guys ever watched it, Sin was happy to go to Chipotle with Erica Mena Love <laughs> Hip Hop New York. <laughs> you talking about me watching Ratchet TV? You know way too many details. <laughs> that was, that was, I won't buy a car for Nickelodeon. <laughs> it was Chipotle. Um, so, Sin, Sin has made it clear to us that she has grown tired of the male attention and already doesn't want parts of it. So, I really don't have nothing else to say about that. That was in there. I believe my boy, I believe uh, AP Stewart put this in there. <laughs> I'm sure he did. As a celebrity, as a woman, given the climate of the Me Too, what are the rules of engagement in 2019? So, Toya, should a man compliment you? Should he reach out? Do you need attention? Uh-huh. <laughs> you on camera saying it to the camera. Do you need attention from other male figures? to make sure you know you still got it. You just had a baby. Mm-mm. You have a son. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want those compliments? No, I mean, you could get the compliments, but I'm not out there seeking mm-hmm. them, nor am I like, oh my God, I'm not liking myself. But again, that's me. And like we talked about off air, I think that there's something else going on with Aisha Curry. We know that they got together really young. She started her family really young. So she may not have had her 20s to kind of like have fun and do some things. And she may be going through a midlife crisis at 30. Um, <laughs> there may just be a lot going on with her. So well, she I said think, she was going through postmortem. She did mention that. Right. So there's a lot that may be happening with her. And she's not voicing it or she's not necessarily identifying it correctly. And it's kind of coming out as little like like word vomit things to where you like, wait a minute, what? You got stuff, what are you talking about? Y'all have beautiful kids. Your, your kids are like everywhere. You got a cooking show, a whole tool set, a kitchen set for those who cook and want to use your appliances and stuff. A whole cooking what show. What are you, what's what's the deal? And even a restaurant in San Francisco, I tried to make it to t- taste it, but I ain't make it. But oh, anyway. San Francisco, once yeah. again. She's part of a little boy yeah so she's out there doing it so it's like what more do you need and I think that this just speaks more so to the idea that it's not about money it's not about fame ultimately it's you yourself you have to be happy within yourself because none of that other stuff will make a difference and she is a walking example of that everything that she has still does not help how she really feels about herself and how she feels inside so this next topic as we get into some of our local and national news 
I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Um, so I'm definitely going to pass this one off to you. So we're going to talk about the great state of Georgia. Uh, Dante, could you please focus the camera on two? Toya, I, I don't even want to be on camera for this one. Go yeah, ahead. so last week we talked about the sort of women's right to choose and how that's being taken away legislatively. And Georgia and Alabama are definitely doing some insane things when it comes to women's right to choose about abortion. So Georgia has become the fourth state this year to ban abortion after six weeks. Alyssa Milano is calling for a sex strike until women get bodily autonomy back. Milano has admitted that she hasn't actually thought her sex strike campaign out beyond her tweet, but other groups have taken measures that can truly impact this legislation. Three production companies, Killer Films, Blown Deadline Productions, and Dupla Brother Productions have vowed not to film in Georgia. If you recall, corporate boycotts forced North Carolina to rescind its controversial bathroom bill, which required people to use bathrooms, changing rooms, and showers in state-run buildings that correspond to sex on their birth certificate rather than their gender identity. Um, filmmakers J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele released a joint statement on Friday saying that they'd stand shoulder to shoulder with women of Georgia as they show Lovecraft County begin shooting in GA, in Georgia. They have promised to donate 100% of their episodic fees to the ACLU of Georgia and Fair Fight Georgia, an election reform organization. They encourage anyone with means to funnel any and all resources to these organizations. So the fetal heartbeat bill goes into effect on January 1st, 2020, and the ACLU will challenge the law in court. So Georgia and Alabama are doing some major things that we need to pay attention to. And this just, again, calls attention to the importance of local elections. Because even though we are here in Florida and we're not the topic of conversation when it comes to this, don't think we just saw what happened when it comes to guns now being made accessible to teachers, right, in the state of Florida. So this is obviously, you have a whole movement that is going who are anti-abortion and they're trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. We know that that has been a conversation that has been going on, but it's now super important that we pay attention. We're coming up on election year and there will still be local elections that are happening along with the national president election. It's extremely important that we pay attention. It's extremely important that we challenge and we question local officials, those who are running and those who are running for re-election, where they stand on these issues. Because if not, then you may find out too late once they're in office and you're like, wait a minute, I voted for you and now you're going against my own interests. We have to be informed voters, period. So for those of you, if you are in Georgia, if you are in Alabama, definitely, Pay attention, follow suit, speak up, organize yourselves because there's still things that can be done. As Jordan Peele said, he's funneling his money to the ACLU. There's a lot that can still be done. So a lot of people are thinking that some of these decisions may be overturned once they get to the higher courts, especially the one that's happening in Alabama. But um, it's not, y'all, I just can't say it enough. Pay attention, be aware, be active because that influences so much. And a lot of these decisions are regardless of if the birth happened or the pregnancy happened due to rape or incest. Again, they are taking away women's rights. Don't take away my options. And then you become the person who chooses for me how I am able to move through my life. That's not where we at. 
so this bothers me even more because I'm from Alabama and um it just feels like feels like we're going back to pre Martin Luther King days. This is just horrible. Um yeah. All this fighting we fought for for equal rights. And so really quick, to, for those, because we didn't talk about the one in Alabama, the Alabama Senate voted Tuesday night, so last night, to ban abortion at any stage of gestation, except in cases when a woman's life is in danger. So the legislation makes no exceptions for rape or incest after an amendment to include these cases failed to pass. So this is House Bill 314, which makes performing an abortion a felony offense and would punish health care providers up to 99 years in prison and this is insane because there's a woman who's actually pushing this through so again you can't just vote for a woman thinking oh she, she's a woman she gets me and not understand where she stands on certain issues because if you were to just vote for Republican Governor Kay Ivey and not know this is um, no no so not that um, State Representative Terry Collins she's the woman who sort of pushing the go the bill through. Um, you could have voted her in the office and not realize that she's doing something that's completely against your, your interests. So start writing to your legislators. Start reaching out to them. Um, I hope some people out there still with enough courage to speak out because this is just it's getting out of control because the Alabama bill passed both House and is on the governor's desk. Yeah, um, Republican and, Governor Kate Ivey. And she's expected to sign. Yeah. I mean, you guys voted her. You you voted her in or you didn't vote her out. It's one way to look at it. You got to go vote. Right. And then the state representative, Terry Collins, who I was just talking about, in an interview with the Washington Post said that the goal is to bring the legal challenge that would overturn Roe versus Wade. So again, this is something happening at a local level that they want to have a Supreme Court impact. See, the, see how they playing the game? Remember what There's we a talked strategy. about earlier with There's a Brett strategy. and his people and when Obama didn't get to appoint his Supreme Chair? Like, these are the things we're going through. This is what elections have consequences, people. Elections have consequences. So, a little bit more positive news. Uh, JP in the black. JP Morgan is uh, Chase is partnering with two black-owned banks for the U.S. Treasury Protege Program. Great to hear about that. The Harbor Bank of Maryland and the Liberty Bank and Trust Company will be mentored by JP Morgan to help the banks gain customers, create new business strategies, and accelerate growth within the community. Um, J.P. Morgan has announced a list of initiatives aimed to help helping black businesses and communities this year. The company is expanding its Entrepreneurs of Colors Fund with $3.6 million in funding. Real quick, just reason why we bought that up, Wells Fargo, get it together or we're leaving. Um, <laughs> just There's no nice way to say it. Just it just became personal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's now personal. J.P. Morgan is doing it. First of all, they got better looking cards. Those little blue cards from Chase look dope. I'm a Chase banker. Um, I'm thinking... We're going to have to uproot everything from all five of our companies and all seven personal accounts and leave because I don't know what Wells Fargo is doing for anybody of color. And uh, J.P. Morgan, we just I mean, this is not our shout out checks, but this is a shout out. Thank you. I mean, this is more of this is needed. And if you don't understand mortgages, if you don't understand predatory loans, if you don't understand redlining, Mm. if you don't understand those things, you wouldn't you would not understand how important this is so 
to Chip to Logan. If you don't understand systematic racism, you wouldn't understand how big this is. Long pause. <laughs> so right. I I don't David bought this one up. Uh this this is definitely David. Uh-huh. The rationing of food in Cuba. <laughs> How Trump says thank you for your votes. In light of the economic issues within Cuba and renewed economic pressures under the Trump administration, widespread rationing of chicken, eggs, rice, beans, soap. Of course, soap. People still think the trickle down effect to your legs doesn't require you to wash your legs in the shower. Whole nother conversation. Um, no sooner than President Obama opens the doors to Cuba, Trump has once again shut him down. This, along with the lack of aid from another ally of Cuba, Venezuela, has forced people in the country to manage even tighter now. So, do you feel Trump is even aware or does he even care about what he's doing? I'm sure he's pretty fully, he's fully aware of what he's doing and um, doesn't care. <laughs> I think it's yes and yes. Of that we know that he definitely moves in a in a very weird manner right like what's the purpose of shutting down cuba after the doors have been open it was good for the country there was an influx of american dollars starting to come into the country which was of course you know doing things for the people there tourism was helping a lot of those restaurant owners and even the people with the old cars turn them into taxis Right, people were going there to sort of experience that, what Cuba looks like and what that feel is, because it felt like you were going back in time. And so then just shut it down, of course, because it was Obama who opened the doors. We know where that's coming from. We don't have to say it out loud. It just, it speaks again to what happens with privilege, right? And when you have the support of those around you and when you are able to sort of just almost like write checks to get done what you mm, want to get mm, done. Mm. So I'm really curious, Latoya, of the 54% of Cubans in South Florida that voted for Trump, do you have buyer's remorse or do you still believe he's in your best of interest? I believe, you know, they have to speak for themselves, but just thinking about how a lot of Cuban Americans tend to vote Republican regardless, just because of historically that's what they've done and you know, they, I don't know if they feel that way, if they feel that Trump has, look, leave a comment below. If you are a Cuban American and you are watching the show, let us know what you think and how you feel. Can't speak for you. We wanna know. But I would love to hear what you think. And especially because the sort of relationship between America, especially South Florida and Cuba has been a hotly contested one where you have people who are all about opening doors to the country, and then you have those Cubans who are like, no, it's still a lot of um, corruption over there. Shut them down, keep starving them out until something changes. It's, it's up for debate on how where they stand. So before we get in these streets, I'm gonna do you guys the justice of, go ahead and share my story. It's not today's ignorance, it's just, it's bigger <laughs> than today's, because I, I really need to do today's ignorance. Today's ignorance is 1% of 1%. So that means something. But I had to say this on mm. camera. All right. So Dante, you ready? Am I in frame? All right. Toy, you ready? <laughs> Go. Nobody knows this. This is all breaking news. Breaking news with Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> Stay in that monotone voice, man. So today, guys, somebody stole a package from the front of my door as I was in my house. 
walked up, took the time to read the package, looked through the package, and just walked off. So me being me, jumped in the car, ran down with the Susie. Susie was in the car. Let's just put it that way. Susie went with me, ran him down, and got my package back. So now I get my package back, but I noticed some things. He was casually walking, and as I'm calling the cops to try to get him apprehended, he jumps in the car with somebody else. So now I'm thinking I'm a part of a ring of, <laughs> of robberies because there's a lot of people that's been stealing people's off, uh, packages, packages off of people's uh-huh. doors. So. But his walk and his stroll was so slow. I was like, he got to be from around the neighborhood. Mm. So there's a local car wash by the name of Geo Details, which is a company that Medium 4 has made a small investment into. And knowing people in your neighborhood means something. So I was like, you know what? They probably know this guy because he came off with that dude that might do the odd jobs and stuff like that so i go there and come to find out they know the guy they also know the lexus jeep and so they name and identify the guy so as i get there first thing we find out is the guy that picked him up wasn't involved he didn't know what was going on he actually came up to the shop was able to talk to him the part that i had a struggle with and the part that was internally eating me up was come to find out this young man had been shot by the cops had already been in prison and as I'm going to the location to talk to my neighborhood committee to figure out if they know this guy, he shows back up. So the shirt I had on is the shirt I kept on because it was like, you know, a beautiful day in your neighborhood. And all I could think about <laughs> Mr. was Rogers. Mr. Rogers. And a part of me was thinking, what would Mr. Rogers do? The other part was thinking what Mr. Roger would do which would have been to just unload into his kneecaps and tell him to stay away from my property. This is the part that was really eating me up, though. The part that was eating me up, Latoya, mm. is because I know he's probably doing drugs and getting into the system, there's not going to be the same kind of help because we saw with the MPFCRA how they were changing their whole arresting process for people that were overdosing on opioids and um, heroin and they were not even arresting them they were treating them for overdoses and taking them to rehabilitation centers because primarily they were white females and males that were overdosing but my problem is the security and safety of my household and making my wife feel uncomfortable or making the house not be secure even though you just took a package, just that feeling. And the irony of it was we was just talking about the fear mongering and the situation that Ring was doing, mm-hmm. which I caught him doing this on my ring. Mm-hmm. Part of me wanted to just let him go. The other part makes me wonder what would a system do for him? The part that really pissed me off, Dante, was as I was trying to have a conversation with him, he got mad at me. As if I was flexing on him for wanting to protect my household. At that point, I felt disrespected. I had one or two choices. As everybody's sitting there, do I allow every bit of my energy being able to bench press 400 and something pounds and just wail in this 30 something year old gentleman? Or do I walk away and go ahead and call the cops and press charges and let him deal with the consequences of the situation? I chose the latter. 
because I probably would end up getting arrested for what I would have did to him. But the part of what bothers me is we have to be able to communicate. The only reason why I was able to do this, and I'm more so kind of offended by the police officers. I had to go do my own policing. I had to go talk to my neighbors because I realized all the neighbors have cameras. I had to go talk to my local neighborhood. We got to get back to local policing. We got to get back to a system where you can only police the neighborhoods you live in. We really need people that care, not people that are just showing up for a paycheck. So that's why I was late. I was dealing with detectives and I was dealing with my community. And right before we started the show, I got a phone call from people in the community saying you did the right thing, but we need him out of our community because if he's bringing stolen goods to their area, Mm -hmm. guess what the cops are not going to try to do? Figure out where the stolen goods can. Everybody's guilty. All actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. So although it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, even as my neighbor, I will light your ass up if you ever try to steal something from my house again. I just want to get that out there. And I'm smiling so it's not a threat because my <laughs> wife told me I can get arrested for that too. So security is important, people. Uh, yeah. Go on ownership, uh, Second Amendment, stay strapped. But uh, let's go ahead and get in these streets so we can close out with uh, today's ignorance. So just when you thought he was out of the woods... Tiger Woods is back in headlines because him, his restaurant, and general manager are currently facing a wrongful death lawsuit regarding the untimely death of one of his employees. Last December 10th, Nicholas Imsberger finished his afternoon bartending shift at the Woods in Jupiter, Florida, and took a seat on the other side of the bar. The 24-year-old Imsberger reportedly drank at the restaurant until about 6 p.m., and then he got into his 1999 Chevy Corvette and started to drive home. According to police report, Imsberger was driving at a high rate of speed when he crossed three lanes of traffic, left the road, and overturned the vehicle on the other side of the highway. He did not survive. So earlier this week, Imsberger's parents um, Mary Catherine Belowski and Scott Duchene filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Tiger Woods, the owner of the restaurant, um, the Woods, the restaurant itself, and the restaurant's general manager, Erica Herman, who was his actual girlfriend, for allowing him to drink after his shift and basically helping him with his alcoholism. And then on Tuesday, their attorney accused the Woods restaurant of destroying security camera footage that showed Imsberger drinking at the bar in the hours before his fatal accident. One of the most important one of the most significant issues we have here is the destruction of evidence, attorney Spencer Coven said, as reported by ESPN. Obviously, it shows that somebody knew something had gone wrong, and they wanted to get rid of that evidence. So this is absolutely crazy, because, of course, Tiger is coming off of the win for the PGA or whatever tournament it was to now get hit with this wrongful death lawsuit. Insane. Tiger, we were rooting for you. We thought you was coming back, and now you got this to deal with. And it's and if you did or someone in your company did sit there and delete the footage, that was a huge mistake because we have to realize that nothing disappears in today's era. You can't get rid of footage. Like, you can't hide things. So for to sit there and do that, we've talked about it here when we talk about police recordings, right? How people try to cover up stuff and hide things from getting it out. The truth will usually come out. The mm. truth will come out, no matter how hard you try to hide it. 
Look, man, Tiger wasn't having drinks with you. Let it go, bro. Well, it's just it's just out of control. So that's in these streets. Tiger is in these streets, y'all, with a lawsuit. I didn't expect you to come with that, Toy. That's crazy. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. So, in closing, for today's ignorance, 1% of 1%. Actually, y'all, this is a city calling me. Hold on real quick. This is how serious this is. I'm, this might be the cops. So, I'm going to answer this real quick. Hold on. Hello? Hey, detective, how are you doing? Do you mind if I call you back briefly as I finish recording a show that I'm in the middle of? Sure. Sure, go ahead. Thank you very much. At least y'all know it was real. That was the detective. So for t- <laughs> I can't believe this happened in my life, bro. Listen, right? But glad the ring was there. You gonna you gonna do a PSA for um, Amazon? I know. Right now, I'm about to invest back in the ring. One percent of one percent. So, African American college graduation rates has hit an all time high, but the economic outcomes are still lagging. Um, these are some statistics that I was able to read. Forty percent of blacks own homes. The incarceration for blacks is over six times higher than that of whites and blacks are still 2.5 times likely as as whites to live in property uh poverty uh so then we look at the contrast of the stats which show this uh 92 of blacks graduate from high school and more blacks are receiving college degrees so we were talking about the basis of equity and equality okay so now we have the equality we're going to college we're getting degrees what we don't have is the equity um with systematic racism and oppression uh america's system still have not abolished the things that are hindering black individuals from succeeding um and the fear with economic setbacks rival the rival those of what we went through in the great depression so what i wanted to bring to the attention of why we address certain things and why we have the conversations we have on our show is just imagine this. If I told you out of 1000 shows, only 1.3% of those shows were developed in Florida. Then I told you out of the 1.3% of a thousand, only 1% of those shows were developed by black people. Would you consider that a problem? I'm going to run those numbers again. A thousand shows are developed. Only 1.3 of the shows are developed in Florida. And then only 1% of the 1.3% are developed by black people. Would you see a problem? If you don't think that's a problem, let me tell you why I brought 1% of 1%. Florida founders get 1.3% of venture capital funding. And around 1% of the VC funding goes to companies that are founded by African-Americans. Do you see the intent of why we complain about leveling the playing field and where things may go wrong? We're already in a state that's only getting 1% of 100% of funding. So you take that, you're talking about basic math, which is 0.1%. 
is the piece that we get to chew on. This is a problem. This is a major problem. And the problem for me transpires over to a conversation we had yesterday, last night after leaving a CRA meeting. If your CRAs are gonna be in blighted communities that are owned by underrepresented minorities and people that do not live in that community get to come and build in that community, but don't with tax dollars and tax credits with land taken back by the city, but those that live there don't have the opportunity to own any equity or to make any revenue off of it, how is that any different in the 1% or the 1%? Although I know a lot of CRAs and a lot of community redevelopment, economic developments are being abolished in the upcoming years and they're getting ready to sunset, this is no different than giving someone fish versus teaching them how to fish. We don't just need the fish and you actually don't need to just teach us how to fish. We just need access to the damn lake. We got the bait, we got the skills, we got the poles, we know how to fish. You won't even let us come to the lake. If you're going to give someone tax credits for coming and building in a neighborhood where they normally wouldn't come to or don't care about, and they know nothing about that neighborhood, but you're not giving equity to the people in that neighborhood that's gonna allow the money to come there and allow it to thrive, this isn't gen gentrification, this is genocide at this point. This is a systematic genocide of equity, equality, and wealth building opportunities. Quit allowing other companies and other people to just come into these neighborhoods and flip it without making them set up a trust or a profit sharing situation where they have to donate back to the communities that they're building their fortunes in. Why is it every time someone of color comes into a community, you're asking about the nonprofits, you're asking about what they're gonna give back, you're asking about what they're gonna do for the community, but when somebody else comes into the community, it's good enough that they just set up something and gave somebody the opportunity to once again spend money. That's not enough. It's selfish. It's selfish and due to the fact that we're stuck in this point of economics and we're stuck into this point of politics that nobody on these commissions can see the fact that if you're going to allow someone to profit off of the pain of someone else, I'm sorry, we are talking about America. We're talking about a country that profits off the pain of others. If we couldn't get reparations for 400 years, I don't know why I would expect anything to come of blight of anything to come of a situation that's only happened in the last 50 years or the last 25 years of CRAs. Do you really want to fix the problem? To my fellow politicians, have you not considered that if you're going to allow somebody to get tax credit opportunity zones, there should be some kind of trust and fund set up, not just giving them temporary jobs to help build the buildings. Two years of a construction job isn't going to fix 14 years of pain and suffering when you can't find any other employment. Allow them to own businesses. If the construction company cannot split up equity of their actual operations of property management and the continuous money that's going to come for 50 years after that property has been built, don't give them the project. 
because paying someone a $40,000 job to give them the skill set where they still had to leave your company and move outside of their neighborhood to finally start making $120,000 jobs isn't really doing anything. So if they were able to find a job for $120,000, why didn't you have the compassion and also the opportunity to grow them into that $120,000 job? I can tell you why, because you were being cheap and you never had that attention. You did just enough to say, I did something for the neighborhood. I think some of these commissioners need to relook at the whole basis of how they build in these communities. I think VCs need to look, reach out to Kapoor and look at the difference between making social impact and just financial impact. I think we need to reevaluate how we're trying to rebuild because we actually need to go through a whole nother phase of reconstruction because this country is falling all apart all over again. But I'm specifically speaking to the CRAs of South Florida. Reinvestment, reinvestment and rebuilding is the only way we make a change allowing people to get free rides to continuously tie into the wealth they already have is not helping anybody else but them. CRAs need to start thinking like business, not just your political positions and the kickbacks that we know you're obviously getting because the only thing I can justify with that level of ignorance has to be a kickback because there's no way you can tell me and look me in my eyes from a business decision you're doing what's best for the community. And we will continue to go after CRA contracts. We will continue to build businesses. We will continue as digital grass and medium for to help this state grow. But I won't stop calling people out. And no, before anybody asks me, I won't be running for public office because I couldn't do what I'm doing now if I had an office. But this isn't the right way for today's ignorance. That's Mike. That's Toya. And, and this, this is, is Tech, Tech Beats and, and Bites. Bites.